welcome back to another installment of the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. Pew, 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 pew. I am one of your hosts. You know me. You love me. I am Devin, also known as Darkness Tiger. And joining me today, I only have one co-host. But you know what? It's my brother, and I'm happy to have him. Introducing Chris, also known as I, Chameleon. Yo. Unfortunately, Mason is out sick today. We wish him a speedy recovery. But Chris, it's so good to have you. Always, dude. I'm always happy to be here. My brother from the same mother. Brother from the (laughs) same mother. Ain't that the truth. What's been going on on your end? What have you been up to? Oh, man. Nothing, dude. Um, I actually beat a game. You beat a game? You didn't get lost? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this game was pretty hard to get lost in. So, yeah, I actually beat it. What was the game? Oh, it was called uh, Contrast. Um, Interesting. It was uh, it was by, oh, man. Uh, it's by the uh, one of Xbox Studios. Um, fuck. Um, Compulsion name. Games. Compulsion, yes. Yes. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I like the. This, this which, isn't a new game. No, 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 no. It's old. It's very old. Um, when did this come out? It probably 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It so I I I remember like earlier this year, they were like uh there was like a Game Pass post and Compulsion posted on their their uh their Twitter, hey, we're pushing this game to Game Pass. I was like, oh cool, I didn't know this existed. I'll throw it on my like my list. So like I downloaded it on my Xbox. And I, I finally got around to playing it. How long so, was the game on your Xbox? Oh, this game was on my Xbox for the past, uh, let's say, eight months. Jesus, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it was only like, it was a very small game. It was only like eight gigs, maybe. Wow. It, it, four, four to eight gigs. Like, it, like even if, it might even be less than that because it's from back then. Um, so the games were just much smaller back then. That's not even a Call of Duty size loading screen. No. No, it's not. Um... <laughs> So the game, it's like it was like a platformer puzzle game. Um, it, it like followed this um, this girl and her invisible friend Dawn. So her, the the girl's name was Dee Dee, and Dawn was invis- invisible. And you play as Dawn, and you 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 follow uh, Dee Dee around as Dawn, trying to um, solve. Dee's like life issues a lot a lot of it's like like uh her her dad her dad um it it was it was it told a really it told a really interesting story in my opinion like um it was like it was basically this this girl trying to um trying to like really connect with her dad and help her dad out so i i actually i thought it was really cool the way that they told the story because you never got the physical appearance of her dad when he would talk or her mom when she would talk. Mm-hmm. It was like them as shadows. And when you play as Dawn, Dawn can go into the shadows as well. And that's how you like figure out and solve puzzles and stuff. It was it was really cool. It was really well done. It sounds cool. Overall, what would you give it a, as a quick little score? Yeah, so it was nice that it was only four hours long. Um it was like three to four hours. Like if you're if you're a completionist, it'll probably only take four. Well, that explains um, only six gigs. That's a really short story. Yeah, it it was very short. Um, so if I had to rate it, um, I would easily rate it a an eight, eight point five somewhere in there. Yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty damn solid for what it was. Yeah. I, I felt like it wasn't too short because it told the story it was trying to tell. The right way and then in the right amount of time. Um, I will and, say, looking at the reviews of this game, you rated this game much higher than everybody else did. I really liked it. I, I thought it was cool. I, I think that goes to show that when you allow a game to get some time and um, to come back and actually reflect on it and try it from a new time, you can actually enjoy those things because we're enjoying it from 2022. And yeah. when we look back at 2013, a much simpler time in gaming. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. You said you say I I scored it. I Steam scored it nine out of ten. Well, uh, IGN I think scored it a seven out of ten. Um, everybody yeah. else scored it a five out of ten. I, I thought it was I thought it was great the way that they did it. Like, um, 
it I've always enjoyed compulsion games, their their art styles that they go for. I thought yeah. I, I like I like love that art style and that that like I don't know, it's that weird I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> but it's it's I don't know, I like it. I, I like the way they do it. They do this like film noir type of style. Yes. And I actually, I, I'm a big fan of that. Like I, I, I do absolutely just love like film noir in general. I love like the dark and the nitty and the gritty of it all. Yep. Um, but yeah, so if you are listening and you need a short game to get into, go ahead and play Contrast. This might be right up your alley. Yep. Yep. I also started uh, Return to Monkey Island. Um, I saw that. I, I saw that was on Game Pass, and I, I, I hovered over it, and I just kept going. <laughs> it's it's actually pretty good. It, it's it's pretty solid. Um, I I obviously haven't finished that one because I finished Contrast, uh, yeah. but um, I've been having a good time with it. It's like I've gotten I've definitely gotten stuck like once or twice. Mm-hmm. But like it has like a mechanic in the game that will help you when you get stuck, which is cool. Okay, so like, it's got flippy. Yeah, basically, you go in your inventory in this little box, and you're like, "I'm stuck," and it, it it gives you a small hint, and then if you still don't get it after that hint, you can click it again. Still don't get it after that, like a, a juicier hint, click it again, and then you can literally keep clicking it until it gives you the actual solution. And how many times have you had to click it? Oh, like four times, four or five times. You're so dumb. <laughs> oh, so, so, all right. Here's the thing. So, the th- I was doing what it like. I was doing exactly what I needed to do. I just didn't do it the way that it wanted me to do it, and that's where I was stuck. And like, even after I got the hint the one time, I was like, "Well, okay, but like, that's what I'm doing." <laughs> and so, I had to like, I actually had to like sit there and like. It, that time it didn't help me, but I, I did figure it out. <laughs> I, I do appreciate your statement. It's like I was doing it just not the way it wanted me to do it. You and I, I was working, you and I both work in tech. You know that doesn't that is not how this works. I, I, I know it's not how this works. It's just like how with math, you can you can you can find the uh, solution, but it ain't, it ain't gonna be the right solution every time, you know. So like it was so all right here's the thing it wanted me to whittle this fucking this this uh mop and i'm like well i'm sitting here with my knife and with the mop and every time i do it this fucking guy he interrupts me mm-hmm. so i had to figure out how to keep him busy and then i was able to do it Ah, uh, okay well you had the premise yeah Oh, but besides that, besides Monkey Island, besides Contrast, what have you been playing? I am actually, why did you download Monkey Island? I'm actually surprised on that one. Um, I've always heard really good things about it, mm-hmm. like the original. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I'll try it. Why not? Um, what's cool, what's cool for me is even though I didn't play the original, um, it actually like as you're playing it, because it's a, it's it's a direct sequel. Um as you're playing it, it kind of like cues you in on those parts of the story because it's been so long since that the original one came out. Okay. So that was my concern is I felt that it would just be too much time in between since I never played the original that just downloading the second one might just be a little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. Um yeah, you 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 won't you I I am not feeling like I'm missing anything having not played it. I will All say right. that. Well keep us posted on how you work your way through that. Yeah. Um, on my end, I have had, I've definitely had a little bit of a different journey. For some reason, I have been in this weird, strange, I don't know if it's a mood or if it's the universe is in balance with me right now, but I have been just doing just so many different things and I don't know why. Um, last night, uh, one of the things you guys know, I don't really buy movies. I just rent them because I've got Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Paramount. We have all the streaming services, right? Yeah. And for me to buy a movie, it really has to be a top-notch movie. And for some reason, yesterday, I was feeling like watching a movie. And after going through my streaming services, nothing called me. And so I bought my very first movie this year. Not rented. I actually bought it straight up. Oh, shit. And it's a movie that I gave on this podcast a five uninformed gamers out of five. And that was Top Gun Maverick. I ended up buying Top Gun Maverick. Oh, nice. Okay. 
um, Xbox had like a little bonus sale, and I was like, you know what, might as well. So I bought it, and it sits up there with uh, the movie Logan, which is one of my favorite superhero movies. Yep. And I believe uh, a Girls Trip, one of my favorite comedies. <laughs> nice. That movie, so, that movie is so funny. I so, don't think I've ever seen that one actually. It's 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 Tiffany Haddish, um, Regina Hall, um, um, Queen Latifah. Uh, very very funny movie. Very very funny movie. You ever get the chance okay. to check it out, or okay, just come okay. or, or just come over and watch it. I have it. You said you bought it on Xbox. Yep, bought it on Xbox years and years ago, and I still have it. And um, what about Maverick? Did you buy that on Xbox? As I well? also bought that on Xbox. How much was it? Uh, twenty bucks. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, if I wanted to rent it, was like it'd be like eight bucks. Yeah. And I'm like, well, hell, for that point, I might as well just buy it permanently. Yeah, for sure. And the sure. has a bunch of different bonus features. Oh, and I also I remember one of the last physical movies I bought was uh, Avatar with the blue people. Do you remember yeah. that movie? Wait, what? Do you remember anything from that movie? I do. I remember everything. Because <laughs> most people are like, I remember it as being a good movie, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. And there's oh, a yeah. second one coming out. <laughs> I remember that movie. I remember that it was Pocahontas with blue people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I bought that movie and I watched it yesterday. Still loved it. Absolutely great. With my sound system was even better. Hell yeah. And uh, in the group chat, I actually sent you guys this article about like unlimited flights or whatever for Frontier. Yep. I couldn't help myself. You I bought, bought it? it? I did. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to let me know. Like, so now that you paid the, the fee for yeah. the, the regular fee, yeah. you have to know, let me know, like, what the cost is when you went to, like, do the actual flight. Like, what are the other, the other fees associated, you know? Uh, okay. So for, for the listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, Frontier, uh, which is the airline, so Frontier, Spirit, American, United, the airline, Frontier basically made an announcement. They said, hey... We're going to go ahead and do a promotional offer for one year. You can pay one price and fly as many times as you want for one year. And so the price, because people for some, I, one thing I've been, what, real quick sidebar, Chris, yep. whenever I'm on TikTok or social media, one thing I hear is when people don't ever tell you the price of anything. Yep. We're all annoying. Very, very annoying. The price was $599 <laughs> uh, after tax. Let me look at my receipts. I think, I think it was actually $599 even across the board. With, yep. uh, with taxes included. Um, so, yeah, let me scroll down. Yeah, 599 with taxes included. Cool. So um, you can fly anytime you want. You just pay the taxes and whatever miscellaneous fees are on the flight, right? Yep. So the initial taxes are going to be at least a penny. So it's not going to be free. You still have to pay at least a penny. And because this is Frontier, Frontier charges you for seating. And it charges you for any form of luggage. Okay? Yeah. But if you just bring just like a, a book bag, something that go under your seat, they will not charge you for that. <laughs> and if you do not have to pay for a seat, you can have one randomly assigned to you. So I'm looking at it like this. I just need to pack a book bag for a weekend trip, go for a couple of days and then come back. Or it's probably cheaper to ship my stuff back and forth. So, sure. So, <clears throat> um, there, there's 56 blackout days, which I think is really funny. Uh, and most of those blackout days consist of like major events, like holidays. Um, yeah. I, I saw like for some reason June 29th and June 30th were black were blacked out, and I and and so was July 1st and July 2nd. Um, no idea. Just, just really random dates like October 4th and 5th. July July 1st and 2nd might make sense because it's still like Fourth of July travel. Yeah, that People one makes sense. Go. Yeah, that one makes plenty of sense to me. So, uh, the blackout dates are May 25th and May 26th and May 29th, June 29th, June 30th, and July 1st through the 5th, and the 8th and the 9th, August 31st, September 1st, September 4th, October 5th, 6th, and the 9th, November 17th and 18th, the 22nd, the 24th through the 27th. And December 16th, 17th, and the 21 through the 31st. And then January 1st, January 15th, February 15th and the 16th and the 19th. March the 1st through the 3rd, the 8th through the 10th, the 15th and the 17th. So many. So many blackout dates. So 56 full days, but you have the other 300 do whatever you want. 
And yep. you, you can only fly within the United States and Puerto Rico. But here was the kicker. And here's, here's where the friend I was talking with this. Uh, here's where he, he took a pause and was like, this isn't worth it. You, you can book a flight, but your flight will not be confirmed until the day before you're supposed to leave. That's slimy. That doesn't sound right. Yep. So the problem <laughs> is lodging. How are you going to be able to plan that if, like, you won't know if you're allowed to leave until the day before you're set to leave? Yeah. And here's what I did to alleviate that problem. Because of where we're based, we're not based in a major city, correct? No. No. I went to our airport and I went to the Frontier app and I was like, all right, if I just wanted to go to like Phoenix tomorrow, are there flights available? And yeah, there were plenty of flights available. So because we live in a a pretty small, well, I wouldn't say small city, but because we live in a non-tourist destination city. Yeah. We're better off than somebody who lives in like Austin or Orlando. <clears throat> so, like, let, let me ask you a question: how, If how, if I understand this, yeah. so what about round trip? Like, like is that ticket a round trip ticket so that you you for sure have a way back? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was looking at that, but I don't know the specifics. I won't know the specific until May second when this all activates. Okay. Okay. Um, but I was looking at that. I, I'm curious if I have to book two different one ways. Yeah, because uh, I that would suck. Cause <laughs> well, because I don't, you, I don't know if it would suck, but it, you definitely have to plan differently. Well, uh, well, the thing is, is you don't know if, if you're going to be able to leave. You're you have to wait another day or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, but you know what? That's part of adventure, yo. <laughs> you don't get fired. I get it. Around. Well, I work remote, so. <laughs> <laughs> what if you need to be in Brazil and you're stuck? Well, first off, I wouldn't be just like. Well, hell, I can actually just leave from my location. But like, they'll, they'll oh, yeah, that's stuff. right. They'll yeah. they'll pay for you no matter where you are. Yeah, so screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, no. For me, for me, it works out really perfectly. Yeah. If you have a nine to five job that requires you to go into an office, I see how this could be a problem. <laughs> um, but so it'll work for the two of us. Yeah. Other people, maybe not so much. <laughs> it'll work out for me and you, but it will not work for Jewel or Mason. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. Uh, but no, I'm going to give it a try. I will report back May 2nd because I'm just going to book. I am literally just going to pack a book bag and just book a random <laughs> trip. I don't even know where it's going to be. I am just going to go to see what happens. So it's it's domestic, right? It's not international. It is domestic. United States and Puerto Rico. Anywhere in the U.S. and Puerto Rico. Okay. So Canada does not count. Canada is not the United States. Damn. You can cool. just drive to Canada, bro. Well, I'd rather just fly, to be real with you. Which part of Canada would you go to? Any part. I'm not driving. I hate driving. Well, why don't you just drive to Seattle or fly to Seattle and then just drive the 10 minutes into Canada? Because that's well, too much logic for me. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> um, but all right. Getting getting back to the video game realm. Um, I've been playing Formula One. Uh, last night, I uh, did my qualifying and I got played on this qualifying session. Uh, it was... <laughs> I, I, it was raining, and then so, like, when it's raining, you have to have specialty tires, right? Yep. Uh, 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 wet tires. So I go ahead, I set my time, and my time is not good, but I'm noticing the track is getting drier. So I'm thinking I'm going to be slick and go ahead and get soft tires. So I get back in, pull in, grab my soft tires, and I go out. I ended up beating, like, everybody else by at least four to five seconds, right? Yeah. So I go ahead, and then as I'm, like, Finishing up my lap, I have to pull in the garage. I only have like two minutes left, and I'm out. Of, I'm out of gas, so I'm like, "Well, my my run is done. I'm at the top of the list." Tell me why I pull back in. The time runs out, and I finish ninth. Oh my god! Everybody else, the second I had drove in, everybody else had driven out with uh, uh, soft tires, and their track was way drier than the one I was on. <laughs> so, so tomorrow or tonight, I'll actually be doing the full race. I have to start ninth. So it's going to suck for me, but that's life. And um, besides that, I actually also started a new game that I will be doing a review on at the end of the segment. Awesome. That sounds great. You want to know what the game is? You want to wait until the review segment? Let's wait it out. Let's wait. All right. So let's suspense. A little bit of suspense. So let's get into our very first topic today. And that has to do with Nintendo. It's been a minute before we like did an actual like full on Nintendo story. Yeah, yeah, they've been pretty quiet lately. They've been pretty quiet, and uh, that's going to end today. Now, every three years, except for this year, which weird, there is a new Pokemon game. I did not know that they come out every three years, but apparently they do. Every three years, on the dot, same time, new Pokemon game. 
I actually didn't know that either. I thought it was yearly, to be real with you. It felt like it, it feels like it, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, apparently, but apparently every three years, except for this year where they released the uh, Pokemon uh, Arceus, the, the one that's open world. Yeah. Uh, that one came out this year. But Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are have come out this week. And the reviews are coming in, and the reviews are not great. Yeah, they're pretty meh. And what are you surprised by this? Like, let's be honest here. Are you surprised by meh on, on this Pokemon? Like, in general. Not, like, not talking about the quality of Scarlet and Violet, but just in general. Honestly, yeah. Because Pokemon, um, Pokemon usually is rated pretty well. It's usually in, like... Let's, let's use the Metacritic scale, one out of 100. It's usually in the 80s. But my thing is this. Pokemon, we can all be honest here, and the listeners are going to be mad. I don't care. Pokemon is not a game that innovates anymore. They try, they're try. they trying to with this one. And I, boy, did it not work out. But not for the reasons you think. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So just looking at some of these <laughs> scores, GameSpot gave it an 8. VGC gave it a 4. PressStar gave it a 7.5. Nintendo Life gave it a seven. Uh, Telegraph gave it a three. The Guardian gave it a three. Metacritic gave it a seventy-eight. Open Critic gave it a seventy-six. This is the second lowest-rated Pokemon game since Pokemon Emerald. Yeah, from what two thousand three. Yeah, that <laughs> one was trash. Like, because I was like anything <clears throat> different from Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, but it's not. It's not the the contents of the game. No. problem. They were like, they actually said the contents are great. <laughs> yeah, they said that there's a lot of good stuff in this game. Yeah. But what could possibly make this the second lowest rated Pokemon game if the contents of itself are good? I don't know, man. There's got to be something weird going on there. <laughs> we have to come to the realization that the Nintendo Switch is not a powerhouse. The Nintendo Switch is letting down Pokemon Scarlet. The I, the I actually would say no. Okay, I'm listening. So that game is not going to be any more graphically intense than, say, Arceus. I think it was just poorly optimized. Even with Arceus, though, Arceus was not this massive... This wasn't Grand Theft Auto V we're talking about here. A lot of Arceus was just open world, just sitting out there in the realm, sitting out there in the ether. It was not a graphical upgrade in any capacity. No. This game, Scarlet and Violet, has a lot more going on with it. And I'll give you the optimization, because if you look at Alan Wake, for example, Alan Wake was optimized down to the Nintendo Switch, and it was atrocious. Yeah. But at the same time, you look at games that are only made for the Nintendo Switch, like Bayonetta 3, and you're still seeing games that are not great quality. Okay. Yes. Yes. But I would I would still argue that from what we've what we've seen like what we've read mm-hmm. through the through these um, reviews, to me it seems more of not like I don't know if they didn't have enough time for optimization. They're like because usually optimization maybe may it's it's one of those like last steps. I feel like right. Um. So maybe they didn't have enough time. I, you're right. The Switch is a very underpower, underwhelmingly powerful device. It's just not powerful. It's it's weak. It is. It's weak. it's absolutely weak. And when I was reading more about Game Shark, who's the developer, or Game yeah. Freak, or uh, Game Freak or Game Shark, yeah, Game know. Freak, yeah, Game Freak. When I was reading about it, apparently they have a tendency to constantly change the development team for each Pokemon. Annoying. Very annoying. I don't know why they do that. They need to stop. But if you look at every three-year history, it seems to have worked. Yeah. This, this one, one. This one, I think you're asking too much from not only a new development team, because, again, they, they change up the team. You're asking too much not from the development team, but also from the power of the Nintendo. Yeah. You, you can't, and I feel bad for these developers if they ever leave and try to go somewhere else. You are working with very limited hardware, And Nintendo itself has made no motions or mentions of releasing a more powerful version. Yet the OLED version is not a powerful version. No, no, it's just an OLED screen. (laughs) Just an OLED screen, everybody. Do not think it's more powerful. It is just more battery life and a better looking screen. That is it. And with Nintendo expecting and requiring these brand new games to continue utilizing this hardware, 
at some point, you're going to have to kind of make the comment and say, hey, eventually we're going to start losing down on quality. We're not going to produce our best work. Yeah. Imagine if Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was on the PS5 or Xbox Series X. Oh, it would run perfectly. It would run amazingly. 4K graphics, 120 frames per second. It, yeah. you, you could have a map the size of the United States. You could walk <laughs> one into the other. But You're not wrong. No, I'm, unfortunately I'm not. But this is the reality and people are pissed. Now, before our listeners say, oh, we're gonna, they're just going to do an, a one-day patch. This was after the one-day patch. Oh, <laughs> yes. that I didn't know. Yes. all the, That's why I said I don't know about optimization because this was actually, these reviews were done after the first day patch. But you're still going to have poor optimization after a day one patch. You so. certainly can. But in in today's world, Game Freak is not new to this. They have been doing this every <laughs> three years. They should know better. They So are they a company owned by Nintendo, right? Um, I think, I don't know if they're owned by them or if they are just like a partnership. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm trying to Google it real fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Uh, they're games, published by Nintendo. So yeah. Primary developer of the mainline Pokemon series published by Nintendo Pokemon game. So I guess theoretically they could do their own thing. Just not with Pokemon. Huh? But it's, Nintendo owns the rights to Pokemon. Yes. They do. They do own that. (laughs) Yeah. Nintendo owns a percentage of the Pokemon brand. Yeah. All right. The Pokemon company is the official owner and operator of the Pokemon brand and license. So Nintendo's just like a, uh, they own a piece of the pie, let's say. Honestly, if I was the Pokemon company, I'd be like, yo, um, Nintendo, it's been a good time. We're going to still do third party ports. But we got it. We got to step our game up. <laughs> if it worked like that, I'm sure they would do it because think if you could get it to a broader audience that's not just Nintendo. Every Pokemon game will be on Game Pass. Every game. <laughs> yeah, we would. You would make a killing, like yeah, an absolute killing. <clears throat> it's always weird to me when when these companies that aren't owned by someone, like like just like single singularly just. Only work with that like one company. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> you're limiting yourself. You're limiting yourself, and you're not like as an artist. Like I would want everyone to see my vision. I wouldn't want that to just be held to like one group of people. I would want everyone to be able to see it and experience it. But I also so I, do, I've never understood that. I also do appreciate like the corporate PR these companies these these solely single companies give. We just have a great working relationship. No, no, I, like I'm trying to make money, but I do understand instead of you having to make games for like three different consoles, you just need to make it easier. Yeah, it's it's easier. For sure. That I understand. Uh, but I, I feel the same way you do. If I was going to make a game, I would do it. I'd be a third party company, but I would make games for both consoles and then I'd make games independently for each console. Just so I can like test things out and like, Try to yeah. experience the hardware and the power, and really test myself as a company. Yeah, because you, if you do it that way, let's let's look at let's look at Xbox for example, yeah, and PlayStation. So PlayStation has always pushed those uh, heavy single player games with lots of cutscenes, and um, they've they've had this formula for years. Metal that Gear is Gear. that is their formula. Yep. Um, then you've got Xbox. There's a little bit different. So, like, a lot of their user base plays multiplayer games. A lot of um, multiplayer games on Xbox. I will agree. Yeah. Like, like, even, like even if you ignore the exclusive stuff, like, like probably still a lot of their platform, they're, like, a lot of their users are probably logging into Call of Duty or um, Battlefield. Um, just, just, just lots of multiplayer games. So... You could, you could, if you if you did it the way you're thinking, you could make like some sort of single player experience for the PlayStation user, yep. and then you could also make like a like let's like, let's look at a more like a co op experience on the Xbox or something. Like oh, that. I would be I would be so patty if I owned my own like video game company. I would make a single player experience for um, Sony, and then I would make that same game but multiplayer only experience for Xbox, and I would never <laughs> allow the two to mingle. Ever. That's trash. <laughs> I will take the same engine from one and use it in the next one. 
<laughs> so funny. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if we're going to see this improve with Pokemon Scarlet. I think this is just going to be a game, unless you're going to be doing a lot of patches like they did with Cyberpunk, I don't see a lot of these issues being easily resolved. And, easily, and a lot of people are going to be very disappointed on, on day one. Yeah, they will. I'm still going to buy it. Don't get that part twisted. They're going to buy it. They're going to be happy because that's what Pokemon users do. But it's just not a good look. And I think we are starting to see the limitations that Nintendo is starting to have. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, go ahead and bring us the next story, which has to do with one of the scummiest companies on the world. Oh, Activision Blizzard. Oh, boy. Okay. So I do not support what is happening here, of course. But here's the story. Um, so we got word this this week that World of Warcraft will be going offline in China as Activision, Blizzard, and NetEase end their 14-year deal. So um, basically, uh, back in 2008, um, they struck a deal to bring basically um, all of Activision, Blizzard stuff to um, to China, basically. Mm-hmm. So via, via NetEase. Um, all of that has... They've been in locks and talks. Apparently, it all fell through. So, as of uh, January 2023, the um, they were unable. They will like they will be there. They're at this moment unable to come to terms. So, as of January 2023, uh, the agreement will expire. And um, World of Warcraft, which is insanely popular in in China, um, will does not be playable there anymore. That is so strange to me. Yeah. It's just going to end. Yes. Yes. It's, 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 it's kind of wild to me because I never even thought about it. Like you, they, they have this net ease, which I believe is a, there's some sort of publisher or something. Um, And so, they're, they help distribute the game in China to their regulations or whatever. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> because they these two companies cannot come to a to an agreement, now all those probably millions of um, Activision Blizzard users in China uh, will lose access to the game. So, like, basically, they won't have the China servers anymore. Um, there, there will like they're going to lose their data, so their characters probably will be deleted. Like Ooh. they're going to lose everything, more than likely. Um, <clears throat> so, like, think of it: we got World of Warcraft, Starcraft. If anyone still plays it, um, Hearthstone, which is pretty damn big. Yeah, Overwatch, which is big, and Diablo, which is also was also really big, um, especially when they used to have the real money auction house in there. Boy, did China love that. Oh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. And I, I read a comment and the, the NetEase owner, um, basically said, I will not name names, but there is someone in charge over there at Activision Blizzard that is the absolute worst to deal with. And this is why this is happening. And we all know who that is. Do you think that this is from the Activision Blizzard side, considering they love money? And I can't, I, I, I find it hard. Like, I, we all dislike Bobby Kodak. Do you think this is Bobby Kodak, or do you think there's something else behind the scenes? I think this is Bobby Kodak, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. He's, so he probably tried to strong arm them into a deal that was, that was uh, beneficial for Activision Blizzard and not so much NetEase. And he's like, well, I've got all the chips here, so you're going to have to do this. That That's that's what I'm thinking happened. And I don't know this. This is all conjecture. Yeah, I have no idea what happened. But they probably pulled said, no, we're not going to do that. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't even make sense, <laughs> what you're asking. Yeah, this one is going to be uh, an interesting day. And then... Um, I, I'm looking at the comments. Someone was like, that jerk is probably Jim Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn, wow, that's a lot of fucking left field and petty yeah, as shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think this might be a temporary problem because yes. this, with Activision Blizzard working on their way through the Microsoft acquisition deal, if that deal goes through, which it's still up in the air with the United Kingdom and, and Europe right now. Yep, of course. Of course. If that deal goes through, I absolutely can definitely see Microsoft bringing that deal back to China. Oh, I could too. Uh, Phil Spencer is a gamer at heart and he wants people to play games whatever device they choose and as much as they want or no matter where you are whatever he he is truly a gamer phil spencer should get a humanitarian award someday <laughs> right it's not just like a gaming world he's just a legitimately good business guy he's he seems like a really nice guy like yeah. i would love i would have loved to have been his friend growing up you know like grew up with yeah. him like like this dude is cool <laughs> but yeah so I, I have a feeling once, like you, I have a feeling once this is once this, this deal is figured out, as long as it goes through and Microsoft goes through the acquisition, I do think that it will come back. Yeah, I and, think this is a temporary thing until that happens. Yes. I truly hope that they save these users' accounts and everything because t- basically, they're like literally their only way to probably get around this is just playing through a VPN, which is going to suck because if, if you're not on this in on a China server, you're mm-hmm. going to lag like a motherfucker. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is going to suck. Absolutely. Um, but I know China has pretty restrict VPNs or pretty strict <sighs> legalities on VPNs. They're gotcha. not blocked per se, but... Basically, they are. <laughs> basically, I wouldn't test it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm going to be yeah. in China uh, sometime next year, technically Hong Kong. So I'm going to use a VPN, but we're going to see how that works out for me. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, let's move over to a very comical Twitter video you sent. (laughs) But one that got me thinking. And the video you sent, I think, was titled The RPG Illusion of Choice or something like that. Yes. And it's these two guys who are basically doing this role-playing dialogue option. Yep. And no matter what the the guy who's controlling these characters, no matter what option he chooses, the end result is still the same. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like you get different dialogue, like you can choose different actual dialogue and you have these conversations and there may be slight differences, but at the end, even no matter which dialogue choice you make, what the other character says is going to be the exact same, no matter your <laughs> option. And this is so accurate and true and funny at the same time oh yeah oh yeah you we've all played those games where it's like here choose through eight like one through four you pick four and he says something off the wall you're like wait what like you wanted me to pick a i was like i was like i didn't say that that's not what i like i've actually played a game i don't remember what game it was man but when I was when we pick a, a pick a thing, I, I thought he was gonna say the exact text as it was written. Yeah. He he said a totally different thing. It like it has included like a broader idea of what the text was, but it wasn't the text. And like I was like, dude, that sounded way worse than I thought it was gonna sound. Yeah, like I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was literally it. And I pissed the dude off and, and I had to kill him or something because it was it was just all wrong. Yeah, but when I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching this, I'm like, this is so accurate because it does the end goal does not matter. There is like I have the, the example that I could think of when I was watching this was Mass Effect, a game universally loved. I love the game, amazing, yeah. even Mass Effect and Drama, I enjoy. Um but at, you get dialogue options, but really those dialogue options determine left or right or blue or red. It's not okay. like these, these are these, most of these role-playing games are not that in-depth. You don't have a whole lot of different ways in which this can end. Right, right. Like the one thing I appreciated about, um, I think it was Road 96 that I played, is that those dialogue options did make a difference. You did not, you could die at any given moment if you said the wrong thing. For sure. And you had to start all the way from the beginning with an entirely different character in an entirely different situation. Damn. And and that was role playing because like, I don't know how this is going to go. 
But for the most part, like let's look at Skyrim as an option. Massive role-playing game. Yeah. Plenty of dialogue options from Bethesda. Yep. Do any of those dialogue options make any real purpose at the end to the whole story? Probably not. No, they don't. Oh, you can either like, oh, do you want it, it's either, oh, you can kill this dragon or you don't kill this dragon. Well, you have to kill the <laughs> dragon. Oh, if you haven't played Skyrim, spoiler. Um, either you kill the dragon or you don't kill the dragon. But if you don't kill the dragon, the story doesn't proceed. But if you do kill the dragon, people are still gonna be mad at you. So I never I've never finished Skyrim. I I just have Great game. Wouldn't recommend going back. Have no intentions of doing so. No, no, because they're they're money grabbers at this point with that. Literally. No thanks. But as I was thinking this, and after I was thinking that in RPG games, there is no real choice. I thought that there I actually thought of a way that there actually could be legit legitimate authentic choice. And here's how. VR games. Hmm. And the reason I say that is not just like a typical non-playable character in VR, but like the non-playable character is an actual person on the other end. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're the ones who you actually have to communicate with and they're the ones who are pulling these levers. That's true. Yeah, because like then you can get an actual response. You can respond the way you feel like you need to respond and they can respond back to you in a way they feel like they need to respond and then they can just choose the little dialogue option as to, hey, um, I have 10 options here. You go do this and uh, good luck on this. Or, right, right. or you're kind of a dick. I'm going to uh, bring out this monster to kill you. Like <laughs> the only way that this could truly work is if actual humans are involved. Because I do not think that you can program dialogue the way you want it to be presented. So the closest I've personally played to dialogue that really does influence the game like a hundred percent is outer worlds okay like, without a doubt i my world turned out what leaps and bounds differently than how my buddies turned out mm-hmm. <laughs> like i ruined that world i made some very <laughs> very poor decisions like <laughs> i was like oh like it is so funny because at the end of the game, I'm not going to spoil anything because it's, yeah. it's still relatively new. Yeah, it's still um, on my list of games to play. Yeah. And so at the end of the game, and you're going to love it when you get to it, it's going to tell you each and every one of the, the big decisions that you made and what effect it had on the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I broke it. I broke it so bad. I couldn't believe what I did. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did that. They were like, only 1% of people made these options. <laughs> it was probably me. <laughs> I would actually love to see it. Like, like, really love to see like where I fell on that scale because I absolutely destroyed that world. Like, absolutely, 100%. They should have never let me play that game. That's so funny. <laughs> like, I, I, I need to see your world someday. <laughs> and then I'll be, I'll be like, I don't know how... I do not know how he came up with this. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Like just that, that I love that they recapped it. And just like, I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But I know one of the big RPG games that was like, quote unquote, full of choice was the game you played cyberpunk. Like you start off with three different like options. And they said that was going to affect your play in the entirety. Was that true? I don't know. I never, I never played the, the, like you mean like the, like the starting class thing. Yeah, like the starting class or whatever. Like yeah, I, mean, I never played the other ones. I, I, it's I actually like re-downloaded it, and it's on my list to go back and replay it. Okay, well, I well after reading into it, they said that no matter where you start, it makes no difference. The first ten minutes are going to be different. Then it goes back to what you're normally doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's lame. Yeah, that's very lame because they made it seem like, hey, this is going to be this massive thing, uh, but it wasn't. Yeah. And that's that's the drawback. Yeah, I think I picked the city kid. I forget what the name of it was. Uh, um, not th- Nomad. No, no, because no, it was Nomad and Corpo were the, the, the other two. I picked the other one. I don't know why I don't know the one I fucking picked, <laughs> but I remember Nomad and fucking Corpo. But- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I have no idea what it was called, but it, it was some city. 
something. Yeah, it probably was just City Kid. But I think that going forward, I think that's how we'll determine. And I'm going to talk a little bit about RPG and choices uh, during my review segment. Um, I think going forward, that should be the way we determine whether an RPG is good. Do our choices actually matter to the entirety of the world? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree. Like, as long as the the RPG isn't one that has a very specific story to tell, like yeah. God of War, for example, has very a very specific. specific story to tell. Well, that's a linear story. I'm talking about like an open world. You literally make all okay. Things. Yes, yes. Then yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So let's. Speaking of God of War. Let's talk about the uh, game award nominees. Did you ha- did you see this list? Yeah, I voted. I haven't voted yet, but I'm going to uh, after this. So, in the game of the year category, we have a Plague's Tale Requiem. We well have deserved. Okay, we have <laughs> we have Elden Ring. Of course, uh, we have God of War Ragnarok. Of course, we have Horizon Forbidden West. Nope. We have Stray. Nope. We have Xenoblade Chronicles. No, Deserved. Three. So out of all of these three, only most of them, uh, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Stray, are uh, PlayStation exclusives. Sure are. I think a Plague Tale Requiem, is that an Xbox exclusive? No, it's on everything. Okay, and I think Xenoblade Chronicles, I think that's um, Nintendo? Yep. Okay. So out of the game of the year, honestly, I said I've been saying this since the beginning. This is going to go to Elden Ring, without a doubt, hands down. There's no chance, unless the God of War Ragnarok fanboys really flood in, but I just do not see it. I don't see it either. I like, I I know God of War story, gameplay, cinematics are going to be good, mm-hmm. but the experience that Elden Ring gave was so much cooler than anything that God of War could bring to the table. Oh, 100%. and like, like, and, and that's not that's no that's no knock against Sony and God of War. I think well, I think it's a ten out of ten game. Like I, I think, do. I think Elden Ring was a cultural moment, and God yeah. of War Ragnarok was not. Right, right. So that, that's why I think it's game of the year is going to go to Elden Ring. Best game direction. I'm a little confused by this category. What does it mean by game direction? Not a clue in the world. Real well, quick though, so it. I voted Elden Ring, but I, I was it was hard for me. I actually like thought about voting Plague Tale. I wouldn't have voted God of War. But like, why? Because you know you Elden- have to play Plague Tale, and you'll understand. <laughs> One day I will. It's really good. <laughs> All right. So game direction. Uh, what does game direction mean? The individual or small group of individuals who are responsible for directing and driving interactive game and its team through a combination of skills that include vision, management execution, aesthetic, and game design. So with that Elden being Ring. said, best game direction, that's probably going to go to God of War Ragnarok. I would still say that would go to Elden Ring. Okay. I'm giving that to God of War Ragnarok. You give it to Elden Ring. You've heard it first here, listeners. Yep. Uh, best narrative, A Plague's Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. I actually would give this to A Plague's Tale. Me too. Okay. Best art direction, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, no, and Stray. I'm giving this to Stray. I'm actually giving it to Scorn. Wow, you dick. (laughs) Dude, it looked really good. (laughs) Gross. Stray, I think, looked much better. I think Stray was a visually impressive game. I I thought Scorn was visually impressive. I, I don't know. Best score and music, um, Oliver DeVere, A Plague's Tale Requiem, Tusoka Sioto, Elden Ring, Bear McCreary, God of War Ragnarok, Two Feathers, Metal Hellsinger, and Yasunori Misoda, Zonoblade Chronicles. I have to listen to these. I, I, I don't know. Metal Hellsinger for me. Okay. Best audio design, God of, uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. I just love how they're putting Elden Ring and God of War in every category. Uh, <laughs> Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West. I'm giving this to Gran Turismo 7. <clears throat> I gave it to Elden Ring because I I don't know. The audio sounded good in Modern Warfare 2, but I've the little noises and stuff when you're going through the dungeons and stuff in Elden Ring were really cool. <laughs> 
I, I have to say the sound design in Gran Turismo 7 is just on point. Like, I am just thoroughly impressed. Like, that is my one, like, thing that I was not able to knock Gran Turismo 7. That was the sound. <laughs> it, it sounds right. Yeah. Um, best performance, Ashley Birch, Horizon Forbidden West. I wish they would have told what character they were playing. I just assume it's the main character. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte McBurney, A Plague's Tale Requiem. Christopher Judge, God of War Ragnarok. Man Engage, Immortality. And Sunny Suljic, God of War Ragnarok. Oh, I, I don't know. I have to look these ones up. Um, Plague Tale for me. So I would pick um, Charlotte. Sure. Okay. Games for Impact. I, I do love this category. A Memoir Blue, As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleep, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, and I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. I'm giving this As Dusk Falls. Uh, me as well. All right. Best Ongoing Games, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy, what is 14? Yep. Fortnite. Jensen Impact, Final Fantasy fourteen for me. Uh, Destiny two for me, but okay. it was a close. Those those are very close. Those are very very close. We'll agree. <clears throat> Best indie, Cult of Lamb of the Lamb, Neon White, Saifu, Stray, or Tunic. Now this one's a hard one because either I'm gonna give it to Stray or Tunic. Uh, I'm actually giving it to Cult of Lamb myself. Interesting. This one's gonna be. This one's gonna split the group. Uh, best debut indie, which I think is really funny. Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, Vampire Survivors. What was this one called? Best debut indie. So I guess this was their first game. So with that being said, I'll probably give, I would give best indie to Stray. Best debut indie goes to Tunic for me. Uh, Vampire Survivors. Okay. We'll do, uh, Four more categories. Well, well, let me just skip. Let me skip around. We just let's do the best community support. Okay. Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy Fourteen, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. I'm giving this No Man's Sky every time. I would actually say Final Fantasy Fourteen. All right. So let's jump down to best action. Bayonetta Three. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Saifu, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge? <laughs> um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Get in there. Yeah, I know. Um, let's go down to Best Action Adventure, A Plague's Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray or Tunic? Oh, I'm giving us the God of War Ragnarok. Blake's tail. Okay. Uh, let's skip down. Let's skip down. Let's skip down. Best sports slash racing game. F1 2022. FIFA 2023. NBA 2K 2023. Gran Turismo 7 or Ali Ali World. This one is a hard one for me. I did not know what Ali Ali World was or how it got on this list. I hate it. I hate it. You what? I hate it. What is it? It's that rollerblading shooting game. Oh. It's very, Here. visually, it's not impressive. Wait, are you sure? Because I thought that was Roller Dome. Is that Roller Dome? Yeah. Ali, Ali. Um, I do not know what this is. I truly do not know what the hell it is. I've well, never even heard of it. Well, people like it, but I'm not voting for it. This is either going to be FIFA uh, uh, F1 2022 or Grand Turismo 7. Probably I think gonna, F1. I'm thinking F1 as well. Um, let's go with um, most anticipated. This is one of our favorite categories. Final Fantasy <laughs> 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, or The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, so this one tore me to shreds. I'm looking. I at will it. not lie. I'm looking at that. So I, I am personally was between Hogwarts Legacy and Starfield. Same. I am literally same right now. 
I ended up picking Starfield because I feel like there's just so much hype on that game. I there's there's hype there's a lot of hype on Hogwarts Legacy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just it's a new IP by a you know a great like storyteller. You know I I don't know. I'm giving it to Starfield because I already know a lot about Hogwarts Legacy. I know when it's coming. I'm no longer anticipating it. Starfield, I still don't know so much. We love like barely anything. Yeah, we have like (laughs) one gameplay video, and that was it. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give it that. But there's plenty more categories. Make sure you guys go to the Video Game Awards and you vote. Uh, make sure your voice in vote is heard because if you don't they, if you don't say anything, I mean nobody will know. So let's finish up with our review segment. And today I have two things to review, if that's okay with you, Chris. Do your thing. So I mentioned that I started a new game, and I'm going to give you that review first. Cool. The game, and I'll just go ahead and uh, just say it. Mm-hmm. Once in a blue moon comes a game that exists solely under the radar. No commercials. No ads, no YouTuber streaming, uh, no YouTube streamers shouting at the top of their lungs. No excitement. A game that sneaks under the radar like top, like Tom Cruise. But just like Tom Cruise, though this game is small, it is absolutely mighty. From developer Obsidian Entertainment, you know from Outer World and Ground, uh, Grounded, if you're unfamiliar, comes a game that was so quiet, we mentioned how it was neat on, on this very podcast, and we never checked back in. Thanks to Game Pass, I had the opportunity to try a game I would most likely have never bought. And that game is Pentiment. I knew it. I fucking knew it. (laughs) You most certainly did. Starting in 1518, Pentiment is a medieval RPG. Unlike traditional RPGs, especially from Obsidian, this is a game with zero combat. This is a game where you're an artist turned detective after a brutal murder inside a church. Being a detective, you are set to look for clues, investigate, and piece to get together the identity of who is who the murderer is. The first time I picked this game up, the very first time I just booted up, I played for six hours straight. Holy shit. Okay. It is surprisingly addictive. Each character is unique and memorable. Each story told is worth the read. Now, notice how I said read. This game has absolutely zero voice actors. Oh, okay. Each conversation is a text-based conversation, which requires a lot of reading. If you are like me and enjoy reading video game text, then this game will be right up your alley. However, if you do not like to read or the type of person who skips past all the text, you will not enjoy this game in the slightest. But once you get past the, the reading, the game does really open itself up for longevity. With this being an RPG, you can create a backstory for your character that will open up dialogue options. Let me be the first to say, not all dialogue is built the same. And we were just kind of talking about this. Some of the options that I were given more, some of the options that were given uh, based off my background choices seem like an advantage initially, but would eventually come back to bite me. There was one where I chose a, uh, my background being merchant, and I would give merchant advice to peasants, and they would take this as offensive. And I would just think I'm being kind and it would not work out in my favor. So you have to, with this dialogue, you actually have to be very particular with what you say. And sometimes the dialogue that you might think is the best is not the best for the situation. (laughs) Generally, when I start a game like this, the first thing I do is look at the achievements. That way I can do them as I progress. But not this time. I want to just play without any outside influence, which is the best way to play this game. Blind. Even as I sit here and write this review, all I can think of is getting back into that world to continue. I don't know what Obsidian did, but it made Pentiment a game that deserves an uninformed gamer score of 5 out of 5. Wow. It is that good. That is awesome. I can't yeah. wait to try it, to be honest. Oh, honestly, go ahead and play it, but make sure you have some time set aside. Because I'm thinking that, like, oh, I can do this game in one sitting, because I heard it was a short game. I, yeah. I, I play it for 6-7 hours. And then, like, I think I beat the game. And then it says, Act 1, done. And I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) That's how I was with uh, Return to Monkey Island. I played, like, so many hours into it. And I was like, okay, cool. I got to be getting close to the end, right? Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. So let's give you my next review, 
which was a movie that I saw in theaters. And this will be a spoiler-free review. And that's the review of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Nice. Uh, Yep. When we were discussing Black Adam, one of the comments I made is that there may just be too many superhero movies. If you're just now getting into superhero movies, the sheer quantity is enough to make either your head explode or discourage you from even starting. While discussing DC films, I also mentioned that DC has a tendency to introduce a bunch of characters, not give them enough story for you to care whether or not they are screened. There's just a plot point to get the action moving. Then we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The original was so good and powerful for a myriad of reasons. A black superhero, a black director, black soundtrack, black stories, and black issues. Not to mention they had a legendary performance by the late Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. That movie was so good, after the credits rolled, you wondered how a sequel could ever top it. But during the end credit scene, we were shown that a sequel is really going to raise the stakes. Life went on, Marvel movies came and went, but in that time, what also went was Black Panther himself, Chadwick Boseman. When a superhero dies in a movie, it is never truly goodbye. Some flashback, some cosmic entity or stone could bring them back without too much trouble. But when a death like this, which happens so abruptly and sudden, does happen, you have no time to prepare. Chadwick Boseman did not let the world he was dying of colon cancer. He was a business-as-usual actor, his reasons are his own, and we hope he rests in peace. Because of the death of such a beloved actor, how is such a cultural impact of a film supposed to go on? How can it ever fill those boots of someone we remember so fondly and still can see his face? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, dear listener, if you're hoping that Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be better than the original, I hate to tell you, but it is not. And it was never going to be better than the original, less so now that we have no Chadwick Boseman. But you know what? That's okay. This movie should not exist in the shadow of the original because this movie is not the original. This is an entirely different film. One thing I mentioned earlier was about black storytelling, but this film is also about black grief. I am sure Marvel could have just done a digital creation of Chadwick Boseman and acted like nothing happened, but respectfully, they chose not to do that. They allowed the T'Challa character to die in his homeland. They did not spend all the time building it up or making it seem like he was just retired. No, they allowed the character to die the same way Chadwick did, peacefully and quietly in the same manner. The rest of this film has been carrying the weight of his death, and at some parts it gets heavy. But it's heavy because it really is. Everyone listening to this can think of someone they wish they would have spent more time with before the moment was gone. Every one of the listeners still think of people whose face they haven't seen in years. That's grief, and we handle it in our own way. It never gets easier, but you do learn to continue life because you have to. This will be a spoiler-free review because I urge everyone to go out and see this film. But with Chadwick Boseman's passing, the main character's duty fall on Shuri, played by Letta Wright, Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett, Okoye, played by Donna Gira, a black female lead, which is not only unheard of in superhero films, it is almost unheard of in any film. Each one of these characters makes their role theirs, as this they have no other choice. Keeping the country together in the same way these women had to step up to keep this film together. You can see and hear their pain as they did not just lose a fellow actor. They lost a friend and an actual brother. Special shout out to Leah Wright, who was really ready to step up and lead such a big film with grace deserving of a princess title. As for the villain, Namor, played by Tanoka Hirata, what I think makes a great villain is when he can see his side of the argument. Just like Killmonger before, Namor has his reasons, and once they are explained, you really can feel for him. But because this is a Marvel movie, he is still a villain, and he makes that abundantly clear. Without giving any spoilers, I think this movie is excellent, if not a little long. In my opinion, this could have been a movie that should have been split into two parts. I know it's bad when I'm expecting the credits roll and the movie keeps going on for another 40 minutes. This movie could never replicate the success of the original, but it has everything it needs to to stand out and build the Wakanda universe in a new direction. A little item of note, this movie only has one in credits scene, which traditionally we see two in Marvel movies. It's short and can bring a tear to your eye. I am not sure how that end credit scene will play into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we will wait and see. I feel confident giving Wakanda Forever a 4 out of 5 on Informed Gamers. Nice, dude. Nice. That's deep. Yeah, you gotta go out and see it. I thought it was an excellent film, um, but I did I did believe the movie was a little long, and they really should have split into two parts. 
yeah, I won't. I won't go out and see it in a theater for that reason. But yep. I will. I'll figure out a way to watch it at home once I can. For you, just wait till it gets on Disney. Uh, Disney Plus. Um, cool. The problem is uh, the reason I saw it on day one. I actually saw it Friday. Yeah. I did not want to wait. I did not want to see any spoilers for this. I wanted to see how That's they were going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I actually saw it on Friday because right once I got out of the theater and I got back home, I was scrolling on TikTok. Somebody spoiled it for me. What a dick. I know. So luckily I'd already seen it. I'm like, okay, but like, yo, people are just are dicks. Yeah. But, I, I have I haven't seen any spoilers. I have no idea what happens in this. Well, stay off TikTok. But uh I don't have TikTok, so it's not hard. <laughs> if you like the original, you're gonna like this one. Cool. Uh, good, good. Unfortunately, guys, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what we do here at the Uninformed Gamers Podcast, be sure to give us a like or a subscribe wherever you may listen to this podcast. And if you want to give us some constructive and positive feedback, or just let us know your thoughts, you can find us at the Twitter page, at Uninformed Gamers. And if you want to play with me on either Xbox, it's going to be Darkness Tiger, or PlayStation 5, Darkness Tiger 2. I am always at the top of the leaderboards, and if you see me racing, I'm probably beating you. All right, Chris, go ahead and give your sign off. Yeah, and I am Chris or Chameleon. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Chameleon Games. That is the best way to get a hold of me right now. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Later.